Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Barger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as per usual, is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Let's see if her microphone holds up through this entire recording. The beauty of live theater podcasting if it if it dies it's because max has knocked it off the shelf one too many times he is a little fuzz but he dragged his butt across my coffee this morning for the record like his little butt his little butt fuzzes i was like no that's my coffee rude ew i know like had to get a new coffee anyway um so what are you talking about today other than me grumping about my cat Well, I'm excited because, as I have mentioned on the show in the past, we have uh, an intern helping us out with social media this winter. Is that the season we call this? I guess I guess it's winter semester. It is winter semester. Spring does not technically start until March 20th. Whatever. It was like 80 last week. So who cares? Um, What was I going to say? I was going to say that our intern, who is... Emma O'Neill Deedle is joining us today because she also, uh, in addition to be to being really great at running Twitter, is a big Doctor Who fan. And the three of us just got back from Gallifrey One, which for those of you who don't know, is a it's I, I started to say big fan convention. It's the oldest fan convention in one of the oldest fan conventions in Los Angeles. It's Doctor Who specific. It's not huge in the way that like san diego or new york comic-con are huge it's very chill and awesome and has the best people and and cool guests and it's just a great weekend and we all went and since we're in a little bit of a lull uh content wise with uh, a bunch of shows having wrapped and more on the horizon but nothing super pressing right now we thought we would take this opportunity to uh talk about our trip to galley and doctor who generally because i don't think we've done an episode on it since flux which i don't know about you guys but i have done my best to forget exists (laughs) (laughs) yeah we never actually because of the way that jody's final season became like you know disconnected specials the same way that tenant's final season did we basically never had a chance to do a doctor who episode for 2022 first of all though hi emma welcome to the show Hello, thank you for having me. Emma's also in her closet, <laughs> so I feel very, very twinsies right now. I, I, I am the only one who is not in a closet, but that's okay because I'm going to take everything down as soon as we're done with this and like we're painting this room this weekend. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so Doctor Who. Um, well, wait, let's start. Let's start with Emma. Tell us about tell us about your feels on Doctor Who. Like, who is your doctor? How did you feel about the Jodie Whittaker era? people have heard us talk about it before so go yeah um i have a lot of opinions i'll try to keep it short um i've been watching the show since probably 2013 2012 um and i've you know gone back and watched from 2005 watched a lot of the classic series also um and Jodie is definitely my doctor, um, but before her it was Eccleston, and before Eccleston it was, um, or before her it was Capaldi, before Capaldi it was Eccleston, so those are my, like, big three. Um, and I had mixed feelings about uh, Jodie Whittaker's run. Um, I feel more and more positive towards it as I get more and more distance from it. It was also the first um, 
Doctor Who that I watched pretty much live as it aired. So that gives mm. me a big uh, feeling of nostalgia and a lot of connection with the you know point in my life in which it aired. It saw me through the entirety of uh, my college experience. So I associate it really closely with the years that I was watching it. Uh, so I have a lot of love for Jodie's era in general, but oh boy, could I pick it apart. Um, it's, I've got mixed feelings. <laughs> I think that, I think that's fair. I don't think that's uncommon. Let me yeah. put it that way. The first doctor you watch live is technically quote unquote, your doctor, um, which is why mm, I don't think that's necessary. Well, I don't know. I've always understood it that way. It's the first doctor that you watch period mm. i think oh, okay i think it's the first one you like really imprint on though like eccleston is the first doctor i watched and my doctor um i did not i i did not watch his season live i watched Tennant's first season well as live as it can be when it was airing on sci-fi back then i may have like what 10 months used later some other tools <laughs> i may have used some other tools to watch it in other ways before that um but like Eccleston is still who I consider to be my doctor. It's the first doctor I like imprinted on. I made Greg watch a doctor all of New Who, and he did not. We started with Eccleston, and he did not like imprint on a doctor until eleven. So like eleven is his doctor. I think it just depends how you like react to them. What do you do if you imprint on all of them? <laughs> They're all my doctors. <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, I have like a I have like a ranking list. Obviously, I think everybody does. Yeah, that's true. But like if gun to my head, Eccleston always. So um, about the uh, so how, first of all, let's just say like both Lacey and I were extremely disappointed with Flux. How did you feel about Flux? Hated it. I was also disappointed in Flux. Um, I loved the specials that came uh, after it. Okay, yeah, that, I, I think that I think that they're a really good jumping off point because, like, okay, so the last time we talked, Lacey and I were both really upset about Flux. We felt like this was the end of the Whitaker era. Flux is so bad. I, it really didn't work for me in a lot of ways. But, you know, Eve of the Daleks felt like a return to form. Yes. Um, and uh, Legend of the Sea Devils, though kind of silly, wasn't bad. It was, it was about, it was about par for the course. I felt it wasn't bad. It just wasn't like great. My problem is that there's so much of this era that I don't. There's some aspects of this era that I actively mm. hate. I hate flux. Mm. I hate literally everything to do with the timeless child mm. arc. It doesn't make any sense. And then there's other stuff that I'm like, well, that is there and something that I put in my eyeballs and like I hate Flux I liked Eve of the Daleks which they really got to work on like a better naming convention for some of these because I'm like I can't even remember the difference between that one and like Revolution of the Daleks and like Resolution and uh, Blah Blah of the Daleks is so classic but at this point it's sort of played it's like Blah of the Doctor I don't need that but I really I did like Eve of the Daleks I thought the Sea Devils was kind of like that's something that I put in my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. It was fine. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is that the power of the doctor, um, your the 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 regeneration episode is always it, it's hard to sort of, you know, stick the landing. And I'm thinking specifically of the town called Christmas one with Matt Smith. Oh, that was so bad. Right? Trends, the trends of lore yeah, one. Yeah, like there are. I think that one was the time of the doctor. Uh, yes. 
if I recall correctly. Um, and yeah, I, uh, you know, but then again, like there's I Don't Want to Go with David Tennant. And that is an amazing moment. Uh, it's an amazing uh, moment in a bad finale. It, yeah. I will tell you, I'm just going to like Doctor Who brings out all of my like come fight me <laughs> Internet opinions. But here I'm going to go do it anyway. Um I have said many times that I'm very partial to Eccleston's Doctor and I'm very partial to Eccleston's season and I will like fight people about it. I also think his regeneration is one of the best modern ones because it was before it became like a thing. Mm. You know what I mean? It was just like that episode is the conclusion of a two-parter. It's a conclusion of a specific story and he regenerates at the end of it. Yeah. And that's how that works versus like Tennant spent you know, a year regenerating, basically. Yes, and like it, it became like this huge thing where the point was the regeneration, not the story that got to the regeneration. And I think the show has really done itself a disservice by being like the regeneration is the most important part. And it's not. A, I 100% agree with that. B, I one of the reasons I've always thought that Eccleston's season is as good as it is, is because it was made in a vacuum. People did not know yeah. how, you know, the last time there'd been a Doctor Who anything on television had been on Fox in 1996, right? Like it was, the, and before that it was 1989. So we had, you know, Davies had no idea how people would accept this. And there was no, like the, the fandom was there, but there was no like mainstream culture around it. In fact, it was very much not a mainstream culture thing. It was kind of a cult thing. And I think that's part of the reason why that season hangs together so well, why its finale is as good as it is. Um, you're right. David Tennant, you know, as the most popular doctor since um, Tom Baker, who sometimes outranks Tom Baker in popularity do of doctor popularity contests, really did sort of turn the show into something much bigger. And so therefore, like it's his exit was drawn out in ways that i don't think serviced the story um also the fact mm. that it was a bunch of specials i actually think when it comes to comparing that to the way jody went out in a bunch of specials i think jody's were actually better i agree uh not because like the stories are better but just that it maybe it's just because it was coming back from flux but i just felt like these served her better as the last memories we'll have of her i totally agree with that i also agree that you know i wish that the regenerations didn't have to be this huge spectacle but that being said i loved the ridiculous extravaganza that we got in the power of the doctor i there is almost nothing i would change about that episode i thought it was spectacular um i loved it what did you think of power of the doctor Lacey? because this is one that we haven't really had the chance to sort of chew over i wrote the review of it so some of this will will not come as a surprise to people as a whole i think i liked it as the sum of its parts i have some problems um i think I think there's a lot to recommend it. I think it's also way too busy. I think there's too much happening. Uh, I think Jody's regeneration in particular is beautiful. I like that finally we get a doctor that's not like regenerating in some form of trauma. Um, that she's just like greeting the sunrise and passing it on. I think that's beautiful. But I think 
And part of this just ties into a lot of my larger problems with the Chibnall era storytelling. I think that just a lot of her arc doesn't make sense. The timeless child stuff is ridiculous. Like, I thought that it really exacerbated a lot of problems with 13 in the sense that 13 is a very reactive, passive doctor, that things happen to her rather than she is, you know, being proactive about something. Um, and I think my favorite part didn't have anything to do with 13 or, or at all. It was it was um, Ace and Tegan. And I thought that they got a really beautiful because, I mean, I know I'm not the only person who thought when they said that Sophie Aldridge and um, Janet Fielding were coming back, that it was just going to be some like blink and you'll miss it fan service kind of thing. But no, they really had like they had substantial roles to play in the episode. They got real arcs more than I think the doctor did in that story. And I thought um, them finally getting the closure that those characters had had really so long been denied was beautiful. But I think their stuff was better than 13's was. The thing about Power of the Doctor, and this was kind of confirmed to me at Galley because, you know, Chibnall actually came to Galley. And I will say, as much as I have a lot of problems with that man's season and his choices as a storyteller... He is such a genuine fan. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a cool dude. Like, he loves this show, and he loves the little weirdo community that has come up around the show. And he, like, it's just really, like, warm and open-hearted, and he was so about wanting to push the show to be better than it has been. And I really, like, love him for that, even if I don't necessarily agree with his choices as a storyteller. I thought it was very fascinating that Jody's regeneration was supposed to come to Easter. And it wasn't until the BBC literally called last minute and said, by the way, so we have this 100th anniversary thing that's going to be happening. Would you, uh, listen, Davies ain't going to be ready. <laughs> I don't even think, actually, I think at that point they didn't even know that it was going to be Davies. Like, they just weren't ready for, like, the next Doctor. And they were like, yeah. do you want to do, like, one more? And so, A, it, it, that to me sort of explained why it was as busy as it was. Because it was an add-on that was sort of built at the last minute, and it was as much a centenary for the BBC episode as it was a regeneration episode for the Doctor. And in some ways, that's not fair to Whitaker. Maybe if she'd been allowed to do that without the 100th anniversary stuff, um, it would have been better. But also... Because the 100th anniversary happened and he felt like he had to pull back and he had to pull back like old companions. We have the whole doctor thing. We even get Colin Baker like that. Like there's a whole. Oh, come on. Yeah, I love Colin Baker, but he would come back for literally anything. I know. Yeah. Um, The thing is, is that like it really felt like something that fit a 100th anniversary. And I. I liked that Jody got to be sent off on something that will always be like a big special period. Like, it's not like I'm never going to refer to that as, you know, that one with the episode with the town called Christmas. <laughs> right? right. Like, I don't like I, I, I don't actually remember anything about that episode except the incredibly dumb thing that the town was called Christmas. No, that's the one where they recon the regen role. Oh, right. And it's because Clara, like, whispers to the crack in the wall. <laughs> yeah. It, it, they're really bad. <laughs> Emma's face right now is so good. <laughs> Honestly. Like, 
I I feel that even though it was too busy, and this was definitely one of those scripts where like it should have stopped at the door of the editing room, looked in the mirror, and taken off one plot point and walk before walking out the door. Um, honestly, I do think that there was so much going for it that I forgive it its trespasses. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, also, and and I just also want to say I don't know about you, Emma, and I want you to talk about this. I actually like the timeless child stuff, and I like the I I, I love I love. Chibnall's concept of trying to open up the fandom in a way no one else ever tried. Whether or not you think he succeeded doesn't matter. Even if you don't think he succeeded, and I don't think he succeeded, I commend him for trying. I agree with you on that point. I'm so sorry, Lacey. <laughs> I've got to go with Annie on this. But especially... I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad about being the one who's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after hearing him speak at Galley about what well, my my biggest issue with both Timeless Child and Flux is that as I was watching them, they felt slapdash. They felt like throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. And my biggest fear was that we had a showrunner who didn't care enough and who wasn't being intentional um, or was just sort of being flashy or trying to make his mark without really saying anything but oh my goodness listening to that man speak at galley he cares so much um and he's such like you were saying a genuine really you know loving person who really wanted to put love and community back into this show and into the fandom and especially hearing him speak about in regards to the timeless child the way that he wanted to portray his experience as an adoptee and make a story about adoption. I kind of knew that, but I hadn't heard him speak on it um, directly. And just knowing that he had something to say, that he had a message and he had intentionality with it. Again, like you said, Annie, whether or not it actually worked is a whole nother question. But I love the fact that he was so intentional and so, you know, came at it from such a place of, of love, both for the show and for the fans. Yeah. The um the Timeless Child episode where we where we meet um Ruth Doctor. So to me at the time that I watched it felt like he was trying to moff it. Like he was trying to do mm. a madcap Moffat episode like 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 uh let's kill Hitler. Like that he was trying for something that wasn't natural to him. To stay consistent, <laughs> other than the line, Rory put Hitler in the cupboard, <laughs> that episode is also bad. <laughs> no, but you know, like there was also a good man goes to war. There was a bunch of those sort of madcap. What's the one with Churchill? Um, Where he marries oh, yeah. River Song. Like, yeah, yeah. Love had a whole string of those. All of season six is a mess. Mm -hmm. It's a fun mess, but it's a mess. Yeah. And I wonder if that's how we'll look back on Flux with a little bit of distance. Um, But I don't know. Okay, so if Chibnall talking for you helped you like The Timeless Child more, I think Chibnall talking to me, for me really made me like see Flux in a different light. I don't mm. think Flux worked. I disliked Flux a lot. I am not pleased with Flux being the last, like, cohesive season of Jody's run. But I didn't actually consider just how much 
pressure they were working under, yeah. just how bad they were trying to get something done during the pandemic, that there was a level where that they were basically like trying to make things work in an unworkable sense. I'm about to be a huge bitch. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I don't give pity votes. I'm sorry. Like that is, I'm sorry. Like I, you could separate the I mean I know we've had this conversation in many forms for a lot of things, but I think in some level you have to separate the art from the artist a little mm. bit here. Like that all I'm really grateful that we got Doctor Who during a time when like not a lot of things were being able to be in production. They said several times that they were one of the only maybe the only show in the UK that didn't get shut down because of COVID. Yeah. But why I can I, I can simultaneously do two things which is i can acknowledge that that was really hard and that i'm grateful that they did it and i can also say that it was really dumb to turn the doctor into a weeping angel for five minutes and waste one of the greatest ideas i've ever seen what are you talking about i thought that was so cool <sighs> no i think it was cool except she was a weeping angel and then suddenly wasn't a weeping angel and there was like nothing right there was no payoff but it yeah. was a cool image i was watching that with friends and one of my friends turned to me and said but would they do that if she was a man uh, and that has... I mean, probably not, honestly. Exactly. I would have really liked to see, like, the episode where that lasted for more than the cold. I know. Bit. That has become our refrain when watching any Whitaker-era Doctor Who, but would they have done that if she was a man? And I feel like often the answer is no when you want it to be yes, and it's yes when you want it to be no. Like, one, my the only criticism I have left standing of Chibnall that he did not absolve me of when I saw him speak is that I don't think he used Jodie Whittaker well enough. And I don't think no. he used the concept of having a woman doctor well enough. I think in Correct. that, we are all in absolute agreement. I have ranted on this uh, a topic on this show, on other Doctor Who podcasts, on other podcasts that have nothing to do with Doctor Who. <laughs> but I think that the real, and maybe that's really what it is, is that the crux of the issue with this era for me is that he understood and was brave enough to cast a female doctor because he talked about it at galley about how it, that was like the first thing when he got the job that he wanted to yeah. do that it was time he really wanted to do this but i don't think he thought I, I don't know someone somewhere maybe it was chibs maybe it wasn't but like somebody somewhere did not do the math about the difference between casting a woman to play the doctor and writing the doctor as a woman yeah yep. and i think that that's um as, uh, as we've talked about, Chibnall is the first to have a writer's room. And I think in some ways that assisted him. But I honestly think that that needed to be an all-women room. Yep. And that is a problem that... And, and that's not to say a man can't write for a woman doctor. I'm not going to say that. What I am going to say, though, is that there needed to be voices in there that pushed back on how passive her doctor always was i also just don't think anybody thought about just how that character would have to move through the mm -hmm. world differently like that's the real thing they touch on it in like two episodes max and when they touch on it they just sweep it away yeah and one of them is literally like about burning women as witches yeah. so i do love that episode though that's one <laughs> I of did my favorites. that episode is really good I will say that of the Chibnall era, I think all of his period pieces are the strongest, which is actually why Sea Devils is a little disappointing because it was a period piece and I kind of, I had high hopes for all period pieces. And when that one was just kind of, eh, well, it's not bad, but that was kind of a disappointment. Um, that being said, 
of the three specials, I think The Power of the Doctor, for me, was the best of the three. Even though I think that Eve of the Daleks um, and the time loop, because I always love a, I love a good time loop. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it was great. I mean, that if anything, that one was that one for me was the okay, flux is over and we're we're back. Why can't we have a whole season now of this? Um, why can't we have a season that is this good? And I just I guess that there's a level where they just were never going to do that. But oh well. I also just really like the guest stars on that one. Who's what's her name? Ainsling B. She was so great. They were great. Oh, she's so great. I was like, can she be the new companion? <laughs> you know, the, you know, for all that, like we we made fun of John Bishop as sort of this man that we needed to add to the group. I do think he was the MVP of uh, Flux. Oh my god, yes. Like I, I was so. I am sure I said on the show and again on other shows how much I resented him from like robbing me of my all lady TARDIS that I wanted. But um, he was the only good part of Flux. <laughs> and I was actually really angry that he is only in power of the doctor for like five minutes. Mm. Yeah. Although, I mean, we definitely need to normalize like companions can just go. Home. Yes, yeah. we absolutely need to normalize that. One of the things that um, one of the things that remains with me is a, uh, my dad was a Doctor Who fan, a classic Who fan. And he, when Rose didn't go home, when Rose basically got shoved in another dimension, he said, that's not Doctor Who. They mm-hmm. don't do that. They go home. That's what they do. They, they step off the TARDIS and they go home. Speaking of that, um, companion, the companion group, the, the companion support group, how badly do you want a spinoff of the companion so support? Bad so badly. <gasps> Um, and I think that should lead. I think that leads me to, well, let's look ahead because, as we know, um, as Lacey and I have gotten very excited about, uh, uh, Davies is back, um, and he's brought friends. Um, I, I mean, we knew because of filming footage that David Tennant and Catherine Tate were coming back for the 60th anniversary special. And even knowing that somehow when Jody regenerated into Tenant instead of Gawa, I screamed. <laughs> Don't get me started. That's that's what I would change about the power of the doctor. That's the only thing I would change. Really? Yes. I'm with Emma here. Keep, keep going. Talk tell tell me tell me why you tell me why coming back to Tenant is a bad idea. Because I want to hear this. So many reasons. I mean, okay. I understand bringing him back for the 60th, putting the show on his shoulders. He's done it before. He's a great ambassador for the show. He's going to bring back a lot of viewers, which apparently the show needs. Um, Badly. Good good idea. Narratively, I do not like it. Um, I don't like that a show that is about moving forward and change and embracing change is going literally backwards. And I don't like the optics of it. I would have loved to see our first female doctor regenerate into our first black doctor. And that did not happen. And I'm sad about it because um, I'm so excited for Shudigawa. I am over the moon about him. I think he's going to be fabulous. And I want him on my screen right now. I don't want David Tennant. I'm so sorry. No, no, don't don't apologize for having opinions, <laughs> A. No, have your, like, I... I don't think I've ever apologized for anything you have had on the show. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, I love you, but I'm totally with you. Like as as far as we are on the on the flux situation, and I am with you here. I hate the optics of it. 
like, and don't get me wrong. I love David Tennant. I think he's an incredible person. I think he's a great actor. Like you said, I think he's a wonderful ambassador for the show. And I think he'll get a lot of eyeballs back that have maybe drifted away during the the past few years. But I just hate, I hate, I it feels, it just feels cheap. Yeah. Kind of. Like, A, it doesn't make any sense. Because if he was a different doctor, why would he remember Donna? Um, the only part of this I'm excited about is justice for Donna Noble yes. because it's time. But like, I just truly, on some level, to me, it reads as like we couldn't have a lady doctor and then a black doctor without putting the popular white guy in the yep. middle because reasons. And I just, I don't know that probably that's not true, but it looks like that, and I don't like it. Yeah, I, I, I can't argue with those. I can't argue with those. Um, what I am surprised though is that neither of you said that. The thing that bothered me the most about that regeneration... Oh, I know what you're going to say. ...is that he wasn't wearing her clothes. Don't even, again, don't even get me started. I know. We were robbed of him in that crop top, is all I'm saying. Like, I've read (laughs) Russell's interview on the subject about... And he talks about how, like, given our current environment of, of the way that a lot of people are responding to trans issues, like, he didn't... He didn't want to have the show enter into the conversation that way. But again, I will say we were robbed of him in that little rainbow... And I will also say this was interesting that I heard at Galley. um, Chibnall talked about having conversations with Ray Holman, the costume designer, when Sasha Dewan was going to wear Jodie's outfit um, in The Power of the Doctor. And he had said that he had the same concerns um, that, you know, it would look in a like look like it was mocking women or mocking trans people or what he didn't say you know specifically but he alluded to having those same concerns that um rtd had but he went ahead with it and nobody cared yeah um although sasha dewan versus david Tennant, kind of a, a difference um david Tennant's essentially the face of the show but also super hot in Jew in Jody's outfits. Super hot. <laughs> I am not sure if David Tennant would have been able to pull it off in person. I'm just saying. I, I, I and I like string bean I like string bean boys. If you saw my husband, you'd get it. Um, but I'm not sure that 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 I, I Dewan looked good in Jody's outfit. Um Okay, so all that being said, y- you are very excited for Gala, and so am I. Do you know um, I only just learned over the weekend that I have been pronouncing his name wrong? <laughs> I read everything phonetically, guys. Like, I did, okay. I got nowhere close to shooty. Oh, um, I-, I think that this is, I think actually this is kind of one of those things where, like, um, if you've been in the UK, you that, that that's not a name that we get much here in the U.S., but that is actually a name you hear in the UK more. So I knew what it sounded like. But it didn't actually occur to me that, like, we might have to stop and tell people how to say it. Um, that being said, um, I am so excited for this. Um, not just because I thought Gao was fantastic in sex education. Um, and that I think he has, like, real potential here to be an amazing new doctor and take the character in different ways places than before but because unlike with Jody, where Chibnall really wasn't able to write for a woman I feel like Davies has seen that and that that lesson has been taken and that there will be more 
there will be more thoughtfulness about how a black doctor would move through the world. I sure hope so, because he missed the mark writing black characters when he was first the showrunner. Uh, so I'm hoping that he's learned his lesson. Did you, Emma, did you watch It's a Sin? Uh, no, it's been on my list for a million years. Oh, it's on HBO Max. It's an incredible drama in its own right, so I would tell you to watch it anyway. But it is such, like, as somebody who's watched a lot of RTD's work over the years and watched his his first run on Who, it is such an evolution for him as a storyteller. Like, that made me feel like we're going to get a very different run from him this time. Okay. Because it really feels like he has, has learned and grown a lot as a showrunner, as a storyteller. Like, plus it's just... It's honestly one of the best shows that I watched in 2020. It's so good. I cannot watch shows that I think are going to make me real sad. And I think that's one's going to make me real sad. Oh, it's it. Yeah, it's not. It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. Yeah, I have to. I have to take my time with it. So it's okay. been on my list. I need to gather my courage to watch it. OK, I encourage you. Now, you have time because the 60th anniversary ain't coming until November. And then season 14 ain't coming until 2024. Yep. So you've got some time here. But I do, I do very highly suggest that you watch It's a Sin, or at least the first episode of it. Not just because it's good, but I think it'll make you feel a lot better about the prospect of RTD 2.0, because mm -hmm. okay. it's really like a, a marked difference. Yeah. And it's, you know, you know how you said that you feel that going back to David Tennant is the, is the show going backwards? That was my first fear when Davies was announced. Um, you know, Lacey was over the moon and I was like, we're going back to the first year runner. Hmm. Um, and I feel like it's a sin actually made the argument for me of why having Davies come back now was a good answer because now he's grown into the role and can do it better and can, and can take it forward. Um, and that's something that I am I'm 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 actually admittedly excited about. I mean, I'm excited about a lot of the things that 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 they're doing here. And I'm I'm not going to lie because I am such a dork about business. Um, you know, like I love the fact that we are bringing back David Tennant, not because you're not because I disagree with anything either of you said. But because the exact same the exact same thing you say, you understand it. It is such a savvy move. And I didn't see it coming. And 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 to have that suddenly be like, oh, no, you're really just going to go here and pander like a m to get these people back. And you're going to take it off of BBC America and put it on Disney Plus in America. So weird. Scary. Scary. No, no, no. I it's not scary. Doctor Who is a perfect match for Disney. Now, now I'm not saying that we're going to go to Disney World and see like a TARDIS like ride or whatever oh my god you know be or or do i i do a, a galactic star cruiser in the tardis though you know i'd sign up yesterday um honestly like i want to see the pool um anyway uh the thing is though is that like they just have the rights to air it in the states like they don't have the rights over any of the actual like um ip but as an ip doctor who is family friendly it's long-lived it's not gonna flop it is something that is already watched by the people who've signed up for Star Wars and Marvel. It is, it is, it is so perfect for their brand in so many ways. It, 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 it it's pa it, 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 it's pacifist. There's no guns. Like it, it fits Disney so stupidly well. Like it's actually a little shocking to me. And 
I never would have thought of it until they announced it was going to be on Disney Plus, and then I was like, whoa, that's such a good fit, and such... I mean, even Disney Plus at this point is struggling in the streaming wars. They need good content, and Doctor Who is good content, and Doctor Who will help support them. So this is a, this is this is a a, a, a marriage that of of convenience for both, you know, because Doctor Who needs to be on something that is not the failing AMC Plus. I'm sorry, BBC America. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I loved you so long ago. Um, but this this is what they need to do to survive in America, and I think it's such a such a, a radical and yet perfect match and so yeah that's that's why i'm excited for the david Tennant of it all because i think that i think it really will work in bringing gen z into watch too because that is so very obviously what they're doing here with the new um what is her name ruby uh, sunday? ruby sunday the actress's name is millie gibson yeah thank you ruby sunday is what 17 18 like she's a child She's really young. I think she's 18, yeah. All the companions are toddlers, basically, though, except for Graham, who we love. Yes, yes, well, we do love Graham. Oh, wait, I forgot my one thing about Power of the Doctor now that I said Graham's name. We're all shipping Graham and Ace now, yes? Where's oh, my spinoff yes. there? Oh, Sophie yes. Aldrin talked about that at Cali. Um, yes, and actually that brings me to my next point. One of the things that Davies tried to do his first time round was that he tried to do spin-offs of who? We all got Torchwood. Um, what was the other one? Oh, no, Sarah, Sarah Jane. Jane. Sarah Jane Adventures. My my apologies. Um, you know, <laughs> he had he had he was ahead of his time with that. Yeah. Because streaming wasn't the thing yet, and the gaping maw of needing content didn't exist yet. And Disney Plus needs that content. And I can see the BBC and Disney Plus signing on to do multiple spin-offs of Doctor Who and really being able to do a universe in the way that Davies wanted to do before the world was ready for it. And I I want to know what spin-offs you want. Ooh. I want every classic companion who wants to come back to come back. Not just Tegan and Ace. I want them all. I want them to do whatever they want. Um, I would just watch them sit in therapy together. Uh, that would be great. <laughs> oh um, but God. no, I I think that they're all fabulous. And especially seeing them all speak at Galley. Um, they are such powerful women. And they are such amazing actors with so much love for the show and for the history of the show. Uh, I think that uh, they should get all of the money and all of the spinoffs. Uh, and I love them. So that's what I want really bad. I mean, I admit, I absolutely want a, 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 a you know, HBO's in therapy. Let's let's have that. But companions. <laughs> no, I really think like a show based on that last scene from Power of the Doctor about like how all the companions are living like life after the doctor like it wouldn't even have to be their little support group like you could sort of it could sort of be like an anthology where you weave in and out yeah. between various companions and and tell different stories over different episodes like i would love that i would also love i mean i have such a long list i've thought about this for a long time um, <laughs> i would also love a show about pete's world which for those of you Ooh. who don't remember is the alternate universe that rose gets sent to on doomsday and where she's like an alien crime fighter or whatever there 
Um, Billy Piper has said that she would come back, provided that it was filming in London and convenient for her. So give Billy what she wants. Yeah, I mean they do—they're basically doing that on Big Finish right now. It's like Rose Tyler, Defender of Earth. Um, yeah, I would love a show about the Master, specifically Missy, but literally any Master, all the Masters. Uh, I think I'm less excited about this, but I—I feel in my gut this is one that we're gonna get, whether I want it or not. I think we're gonna get a unit show. Oh, yes. I want a unit show so bad. I think they've brought back Gemma Redgrave for a reason. And I think she's going to like, I think it's going to be like a very earth based alien. It's going to be like Mm -hmm. Torchwood, but with less like alien sex pollen. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think we're going to I think we're definitely going to get a unit show. I want the Fugitive Doctor show because I think even for people and maybe Lacey, you don't feel this way. But yeah, even people, people who didn't like the Timeless Child arc which is a lot of people, the love for Joe Martin is infinite. Everybody loves her. I don't think there's a person on this earth who doesn't want to see her come back in some way. And especially because we didn't get her as the doctor in her own right. She was sort of tagging along in all of Jody's stories. I think she deserves a huge spinoff. Um, I want it really bad. Yeah. And actually... That was Lacey's big argument against her is that this is cheating, basically. A <laughs> little, that, that basically, it's like saying Dumbledore is gay after the last book comes out. <laughs> that, he, that he's trying to take or or trying to take credit for something that you didn't that you didn't have the nerve to actually do. I do mm-hmm. not give partial credit. Yeah. Um. And I think you are absolutely correct that a Joe Martin show, a Fugitive Doctor show, whether or not you agree with the Timeless Child or not, would go a long way towards correcting that oversight because i do think chibnall had as you say you don't give partial credit but he did have he he did have something he wanted to do there he just didn't have the follow-through and i think if someone someone came along and picked it up and went with that follow-through that that would be a really that that would sort of heal a lot of the problems that we that that were in that were inherent in her introduction i also feel like i know disney plus right now is really into um well star wars but a lot of the star wars there's at least there's several star wars spinoffs that are like animated based Mm. and i feel like there's a lot of room for that here too i i another one that i feel confident in my gut that we're gonna get is some kind of like dalek or cyberman show but it's gonna be animated just to like be easier i will not be watching that Uh (laughs) i think there's gonna be something about the monsters but i i my gut says it's gonna be animated just because it'll be too expensive otherwise but also they're a little less scary if they're drawn true and also you can go back and do classic doctors if it's drawn because, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, Tom Baker, we all know what Tom Baker looks like now. We saw him in the 50th anniversary, um, you know, uh, uh, Patrick Taunton, uh, William Hartnell, R.I.P., like yeah, John Pertwee, R.I.P. Like the only way to bring them back is animated. Yeah. And they've got the voice actors for it. I don't know. Sean Pert was Sean Pert. We dressed Sean Pert. We dressed up as his dad one year for Halloween. I don't know if anybody saw this. Look it up on Instagram creepily mm-hmm. a ringer Ooh. Sean Pertwee could do it is all I'm saying like he dressed up as his father I would like to see it I'll see if I can find a link to it and I'll send it to you um, David Bradley as the first doctor is a, was a great 
choice. Yeah. Um, and yes, you can recast and you can redo, but I think there's also a level where you, where animation is the right way to go with those. Um, and I would not say no to animated Doctor series. Um, even though, and this is a problem that both Marvel and Star Wars have, that they're animated shows are very much a hardcore fandom thing and not mainstream. I don't know if Doctor Who has what it takes to somehow get over whatever that hump is that makes animated not hit the mainstream in the same way. I don't know. Star Trek Star Trek's having a lot of success with Lower Decks and Prodigy. Oh, that's true. Um, though honestly, Lower Decks is comedy. Um, and so it's sort of animated comedy is- Prodigy's not. Oh no, that's true. But Prodigy, can I just tell you, Prodigy is working as intended because the the nine year old in my life loves that show, and it is her gateway right on in. I mean, and it's good. I would love one of those for Doctor Who for like the nine year olds in this world to be their gateway in the same way. I'm telling you, I could see like a little adipose cartoon. Can't you see the little little fat blobs running around like all creatures great and small, all all universal creatures great and small. Anyway, sorry. I tell I told you I spent like a lot of time thinking about spin-offs and what they should be. I I I I love this though. I think you are a great font of ideas and I think that that that, that David should call you. Um because honestly like I would love to see some of these shows. Like this is you have really good ideas here. Well, I mean also like let's not forget. I know a lot of people don't listen to the Big Finish audios, but like they've been telling True. Doctor Who stories for literal decades using all kinds of previous doctors and previous companions and new characters and new companions and it's just like just a well of stuff that would be so easy to mine the only the only one i'd put money on right now is we're gonna get a unit show 100 percent. oh yeah no i absolutely agree that Gemma redgrave was clearly setting herself up for a unit show on power of the doctor um and and even if, even if they didn't know, like she she was auditioning for it. <laughs> well, I mean, Davies also introduced the idea, like the, the introduction. He introduced Torchwood, but basically Torchwood was sexy unit. Mm-hmm. So I just right. feel like that's something that he's already like yeah, proven a vested interest in. It can be like totally earthbound, so you don't need the special effects money. Like, so it's uh, call me Russell. I got you. <laughs> Yeah, a unit show would also be an easy way to bring in companions, whether modern or classic, without having to have them have their own show and, you know, dedicate that much of their life to filming. Um, I'd love to see Martha back in unit because we already know she's got a relationship with them. Um, Joe, uh, mm-hmm. anybody, anybody. So, yeah, I I think... I think um, let's have some final thoughts because we are starting to run out of time. Um, when it comes to the 60th anniversary, I am very excited for what it does in the fandom. Um, the 50th anniversary was the pinnacle of Doctor Who rating. Um, everyone tuned in for it. and I saw it in a movie theater wearing a TARDIS dress because they literally like live simulcast it in movie theaters in America. I, I feel that some of the, the panic about Doctor Who's flailing ratings are partly because from the thir- from, from 2013 there was a downward slide simply because that was such a pinnacle. And I would really like to see, even though the, in 10 years the landscape has changed so much, 
so much. I would really like to see the 60th anniversary get some... I don't think it can get that high again because I think that the world is just too different now. I also think they weren't really good at promoting Jodie's era is part of the problem, I think. Yes. Um, Big problem. Not just the the BBC, yes, but like... Russell's first episode doesn't air until the end of the year. He's been out mm-hmm. there for the past year talking about it and talking yes. about Jody's finale. Like he's been mm-hmm. out there doing the like he will be out there putting in the work. He will go on the morning shows. He will go do interviews. He will go to Comic-Con like Doctor Who didn't even come to Comic-Con for Jody's farewell. Like Russell will be out there doing all of that stuff. And honestly, this is partly why I think um, the Disney Plus thing is also such a good business decision um because i mean they're a monopoly they got the cash they have the synergy they have i mean you've seen those you've seen those star wars trailers in the middle of monday night football on espn oh my gosh if i ever see a doctor who commercial in the middle of american football i'm gonna have to like lay down Okay, but you do you do understand though, like honestly, like that's what Warner is doing right now. Like I kept seeing House of the Dragon like trailers in the middle of like, I don't know, beat Bobby Flay. And I was like, the hell? But that is what that that is the synergy that Disney can bring to Doctor Who that has been missing in America in a major way because you know, even before AMC picked up BBC America, like it just wasn't it was it was one of those high up channels that people didn't have, right? And I feel like that this is that there's such an opportunity here, and there's there's money behind it. And even though we won't get a a, a Galactic Star Cruiser TARDIS for me to go visit, um, that 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 this is that Disney will do that Disney will do right behind Doctor Who marketing wise. I have forgotten what your question was. I wanted final thoughts, but I also want. Do you think there'll be movies? no no i hope not no because the only one well not the only one but the most recent one was a flop so (laughs) true um i just i I just 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 a thought okay no i want your final thoughts basically on the 60th anniversary and beyond so uh emma go um one final thought is just a shout out to my girl yaz um i'm gonna miss her so much Uh, i know they did thasman dirty in that finale i could do hours about yaz um but Love her, gonna miss her, but very excited for the upcoming companions. Um, yeah, I'm just full of so much optimism for the show, so much excitement. Uh, it's I feel like it's easier to be critical than it is to be positive sometimes, but I am so excited. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to everything that's coming up. I mean, it's a good thing that we're recording this episode right after I came home from Gallifrey One, which is my Doctor Who safe space and reminds me about how much this show has given me from a professional and a personal level and just how much I genuinely love it, even when I think the on-screen product is not everything that it could be. So I am going to try to travel, hopefully. I am going to try to look for the good here. I kind of like... I'm very excited about Russell coming back. I've I've gone on about that at some length. I think he's going to be a, a his return is going to be I think really good for the show. I think um Shooty's going to be incredible. Every clip I've seen of him, I've never seen Sex Education, so everything that I know about him is based on his media and and, and Instagram presence, but he seems like a real 
joyful and and great person who is also going to be a great ambassador for the show um I okay, think... just I'm going to interrupt you for a second. If Emma's homework before the 60th anniversary is to watch It's a Sin, I'd like you to at least watch a couple episodes. You don't have to watch all four seasons of of Sex Education. Just the just a few of the first episodes, just to see his error. You're interrupting my final monologue here. Sorry, simmer. I'm assigning homework. Um, I don't know. I I I hope. I I hope that it's will be good i hope that it will i loved the 50th anniversary so much even though i thought it was going to be like incredibly cheesy because it did a lot of those things for me that going to galley does which is remind me how much i love this community and this stupid alien and their dumb adventures and the weird monsters they fight along the way like doctor who is really like nothing else that's on television and even when it's bad it's still pretty good so I'm going to travel hopefully towards this fall. That's what I'm going to that's what I'm going to do. I live in hope that Christopher Eccleston will stop hating the BBC, but that's probably a pipe Too dream. Not with RTD at the helm. That's not happening. <sighs> yeah, uh, that that yeah. yeah I, I, I'm sorry happening. that you will never get that dream. He is um, at least doing big finish audios, so I got a little bit more than I ever thought I would. But here's to here's to 60 years, Doctor Who. Um we will be back to talk about this later this year. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. Let's let's see. Okay. Um, Emma, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And now that you have a microphone, you can maybe join us again in future for a non-Hoovian topic. But uh, tell everybody where they can find you online. Okay. Um, if you want more of my Doctor Who opinions, I have a Doctor Who Instagram account. It is my uh, pride and joy. Uh, you can find me there at Queer Doctor Who, all one word. Uh, and if you want just me regular with a little bit of Doctor Who, that is my Twitter at uh, Emma O-N-D. That's N as in Nancy. Um, or no, O-N-D-I. That's Twitter. Okay, Annie, you're up. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle basically all around the web because I keep going around and signing up for new services that could be the next Twitter um, and then watching them crash and burn before they take off. But I've already made an account, so I don't know. I'm spoutable, R.I.P. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, other than that, uh, you can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. It's the only place where I'm not at Annie Bundle. You can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats and their very fuzzy butts that they sometimes drag across my coffee cup at Annie Bundle on Instagram. Um, I'm a, the associate editor here at Televisions, and I also freelance around the web. So, you know, basically follow me on Twitter because I'll be there to the heat death of the universe tweeting my bylines. Huzzah. I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B and also pretty much everywhere else around the internet because I too have been trying to build a, a safety raft for when Twitter inevitably collapses. So I don't know. If you're on any of those weirdo secondary Twitter impersonators, I'm there too. If you just want the site and the pod, we are on social media at telly underscore visions on Twitter where you will virtually see emma handling our business and facebook at televisions blog all one word 
we live at televisions.org. And if you like what we do, stop by, read some recaps, check out some news, and maybe click on that donate button up top to help us keep making all of this great content for your eyes and ears. Uh, it's a great time to do that because we are coming up on another season of new PBS programs. And if you get access to PBS Passport, you'll be able to get a sneak peek of a lot of them before they air. Dun, dun, dun. Um... I don't know. I keep I open my mouth to be like, it's almost spring. It's not really almost spring. It's just been unseasonably warm here. So it's messing with my mind. But um, since my husband is suffering from it, get your allergy medicines refilled now. Uh, <laughs> he is pretty miserable and I am tired of him sneezing. So do what you can to avoid his fate. Feel better, Greg. And if you have not yet gotten a COVID booster, but are eligible, now is the time. Just saying. Uh be nice to yourselves be nice to an animal be nice to a stranger it's the season of lent which means we are all supposed to be doing the best we can to be better than we were before which is not a bad life motto even if you are not practicing any sort of denomination that partakes in the season of penance but uh it'll make you feel better do something nice that is our show we will see you next week and as always thanks for listening